Uh, hi, everybody. This is Grace. We just wanted to pause and have a moment to acknowledge that it's been a really rough week in the Star Trek fandom this week. We've um, had three recent deaths in recent days. We've had DC Fontana, original series and Next Generation writer, Rene Aubergenois, uh, the actor who portrayed Odo on Deep Space Nine, and Robert Walker Jr., who played Charlie X in episode Charlie X. So um, we thought we wanted to take a minute here and address that elephant in the room and share a little, some thoughts and feelings about the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, um, I know that we felt like it was going to be too long to leave it another week until our normal release um, to talk about this. I think, um, you know, all very, very sad news and, you know, particularly, um, you know, for us as Women at Warp losing DC Fontana is like a massively uh, a big loss um, in terms of women in the fandom. Um, and then uh, just just today, um, as we're recording, learned about Renee Aubergenois, and uh, it's it's very um, it feels. I'm not sure I'm a solid being right now. I'll just say. <laughs> yeah, we are we are all giving off buckets of emotion right now. Um. But sending buckets of love to Renee's family mm -hmm. and to DC and Robert's families, of course. Absolutely. Should we uh, start with Renee then, since freshest? Perhaps? Yeah, let's go for that. Well, um, freshest as like within the last hour. Yeah. Within the last hour is when the news of it broke. Yeah. Um, I mean, I uh, I didn't know that he evidently had been. Um, uh, fighting uh, lung cancer, um, which is awful. And I'm very sorry that uh, he was going through that. And uh, um, it's so I think it, it caught a lot of people by surprise. Um, and, but I mean, immediately, I just flashed to that time when me and Grace went up to his table to ask him to draw a photo of the Odo bucket thinking about my cat Odo and um he was like clearly also amused but also highly confused <laughs> um and um I really respect that he used all of those convention appearances uh you know not just to promote himself but also to talk with fans and to raise money for Doctors Without Borders and um so that was I think um, I think it was an important contribution to um, those events and to making the world a better place. Yeah, he had um, he had a whole collection of memorabilia from his entire career that he would also be auctioning off and selling uh, to raise funds for Doctors Without Borders, and that was pretty cr incredible, especially with someone as long and prolific a career as Renee. I mean. Even outside of Star Trek, we have all of his work with Robert Altman, um, some considerable TV work. It, he's just one of those actors who it was really cool to be able to say he was part of the Star Trek family. Les Poissons, anyone? Les <laughs> I remember when I realized that he sang Les Poissons in The Little Mermaid. <laughs> I remember when I realized that he was the voice of the dad in The Princess Diaries. Uh. <laughs> That so many things. Luma Dome, right there. And those those Odo bucket drawings were really like a staple. Mm -hmm. of, oh my gosh! Yeah, of of conventions that that he attended. I have one of those from the the nineties, and it must have been like the first or second year of Deep Space Nine. 
Aww. He always seemed like such a kind man. Mm-hmm. Really did. I'm really happy that I got to be there um, for a panel he was doing with uh, Nana, and they were talking about uh, Odo and Kira's relationship. And at one point, someone asked him, well, what do you think about Odo's sexuality? He's like, well, I, I always thought about it, and I don't know if there's a word for this, but I always thought about it as like being not really attracted to anyone in that way. And someone in the audience yells out, asexuality! And he goes, <laughs> yes! That thing. That's what I think Odo was. <laughs> he always seemed also like he was someone who was very uh, creative and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, watching him in some of those panels in recent years, um, he, he just seemed really like lively and engaged in the discussion and, you know, just really kind of excited to be talking and sharing ideas and, um doing art and talking about art um in terms of like theater and um yeah it's uh it just it feels like there's there's been a big hole left um one more thing i think i would like to say um is just about you know what he meant to star trek um as an actor you know creating this role of odo originating this role of odo and it he brought so much to this character and every you know harumph and his <laughs> postures and his um you know evolving the character through those seven seasons um that it makes sense that you know odo is such a, a beloved character on deep space nine and uh yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking about him, you know, straightening his tuxedo, going into the zoo. Um and uh yeah, we'll miss him. We can't I don't think overstate um how um how significant his um impact on Deep Space 9 was um as well as um in our fandom. Well said. Well said. I'm not quite sure how to transition that aside from where do we begin to talk about DC Fontana? I'm, I'm going to begin to talk about DC, DC Fontana who, by stealing uh, from our, our good friend, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wrote on Facebook, uh, when people talk about the genius of Roddenberry, they're really talking about the genius of Fontana. Or at uh, least about both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that, there's there's a lot to that um one of the the most culturally relevant wide known characters from the 60s is spock people know who spock is people know at least something about spock and that is that's all dc fontana the vulcan culture is all dc fontana um and she just she created so many of the aliens and alien cultures that are now just they're synonymous with what Star Trek is. Um, but even outside of Star Trek, she wrote for, for so many shows um, at a time that women weren't really hired for, for screenwriting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, thus DC instead of Dorothy on, on her screenplays, on her credits. Um, and 
she we we never had her on the show which is something that i'm i'm going to be sad about for a long time uh but i would recommend that uh people listen to her on the trek files the show that larry nemechek does and she he pulls out documents and she just is able to rattle off this happened and then this happened and then this happened and uh, it's just it's fascinating to listen to and think about what specific things she remembers that these documents bring up um and i think larry put up a list on the the trek files page that just lists all the episodes that she is in so they're they're easy to find right now so highly recommend uh cuz that uh, it's heartbreaking that that she's not there anymore to to share these memories with us. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I think it says something, you know, when you're talking about, I I think she, she deserves equal credit for, you know, what Star Trek is. And um, to this point in time, there has been no iteration of Star Trek that has not been heavily influenced by her work. I mean, the JJ verse has got Spock. Uh, Discovery has got Spock and, you know, drawing in same dynamics about his family background that she created, his Vulcan culture that she basically created. Um, And, uh, you know, not to mention, obviously, the animated series, um, making sure that that is um, the series that, uh, you know, we hear very much love, even though uh, it doesn't get entirely the same respect in the fandom. Um, But hopefully uh, that is changing as uh, time goes on. One thing I feel like you can't really ignore about the legacy of DC Fontana is how indicative she is of uh, the legacy of Star Trek in general. The fact that um, we have a bunch of people um, in these past couple days saying, wow, I I actually didn't know DC Fontana was a woman. Hmm. I've seen a few people going around saying, I I actually had no idea. I just saw the name and assumed it was a man. How did people miss that? I know, right? I know. I guess these were casuals or something, but they they didn't. And this idea that E.C. Fontana, a writer, a woman, was involved with Star Trek so early on and so integral to the development of it as a show and what we think of when we think of Star Trek and the fact that there was a woman involved who was always there. And I feel like that's so reflective of the world of Star Trek uh, fandom and the idea that people have that it's always been kind of this boys club, but no, there, there have been women there since day one and DC was one of the people making Star Trek happen. Mm-hmm. And she goes way back. Absolutely. And, you know, didn't stop either. I think, um, no. you know, uh, you know, it's worth acknowledging she was also teaching screenwriting, um, you know, right up into her later years, as well as, you know, providing commentary and looking back on some of her her earlier experiences. And uh, I think, um, you know, would have loved to have been a fly on, on the wall in some of her classes. Oh, mm-hmm. no kidding. Well, I think, again, um, you know, all of us uh, would just like to uh, send out our best wishes and uh, thoughts to uh, the families of DC Fontana and Rene Aubergenois and Robert Walker Jr. And um, looking forward, I guess, to seeing um, people continuing to share memories um, in the days ahead.
the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Podcast.roddenberry.com.